Hi, everyone. Thanks for checking out Job Search Guide here on localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma. Job Search Guide brings you advice and strategy from experienced professionals hoping to give you an opportunity to land the best job for you. Now, today we're not just talking about jobs, but helping you really find a fulfilling career as the number of individuals unhappy or disengaged at work appears to be quite the staggering figure. To discuss these ideas and a whole lot more, we have Tom McDermott on the phone from Phoenix, Arizona. Tom is the Chief Ignition Officer and a founder of Ignite. He'll fill us in on more as we go along, of course. Thanks for coming on today, Tom. Thanks, Tim. Glad to be here. Uh, Normally, before we get into the topic of conversation, we like to just find out where our guests are coming from, a little bit of professional background, a little bit about your organization as well. Sure. Um, Well, the company uh, was founded a couple years ago, uh, but it was an idea I had probably 10 years ago. (laughs) Uh, But it all started really about 15 years ago when I hit an early midlife crisis. Um, It was about 15 years ago. I had, uh, like a lot of people, had my head down, worked hard. And uh, I was told, you know, if if you work hard and you you get the wife, the kids and the white picket fence and, you know, uh, treat people right, that uh, you'd have the great American dream and, and you'd be happy. That's exactly how it works, right? <laughs> right, that's how it works. Well, after uh, hitting a wall and uh, divorced two young kids and, and uh, watched my brother pass away from AIDS, it was really the first time I kind of picked my head up and, and said, what's you know really life all about? I don't feel very happy, even though I've quote-unquote achieved mm-hmm. uh, the great American dream. And I was just like, you know, things don't seem to be working out for me what did I do wrong? And uh, I really kind of took a step back and started to ask myself some tough questions finally, because I was just one of those people who just worked hard and I kept progressing in my career, kept kind of moving up and and making more money, but uh, I wasn't getting any happier. Sure. So uh, I went to a coach and one of the first questions, well, he asked me two questions the first day. I met him actually over coffee before I hired him. And he said, uh, number one, if money was an issue, what would you do? And I couldn't answer the question. <laughs> you know, we're asked that as kids often. Right. But, uh, and I've been asking people that every day since. And I find that most people can't answer that question because hmm. they've never really seriously considered it. The next question they asked me, I've never been asked, which is, what are you great at? Hmm. And I was like, huh, what am I great <laughs> at? I know why people hire me. You right. know what my experience is. You know what I'm good at. But the way he said it, was like it was something I should know, and I was really kind of mad at myself for both questions I couldn't answer. And I know in sports, you know, where I was kind of good and where I did well, or things like that, but I couldn't answer that question. What made me great? I, and I and it, it really bugged me. So I spent that uh, year trying to figure out both questions. So that's really kind of where it started. And then uh, I realized uh, after I was pr- pursuing that for myself. Um, I found that uh, although I thought it was somewhat rare because I only went to one year of college and I thought I kind of stumbled along my way but figured it out, I realized all my friends that seemed like they had the perfect career, that they had it all charted out, went to college and then law school or college and then medical school or right into the family business or whatever it was, it seemed like they had it all charted out where I didn't. And I, I seemed like they were happy that they had the white picket fence too, or the big house on the hill, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It seemed like from the outside that they had they had something that I didn't have. Although I was very successful, they had, seemed like they had it more figured out than me. But what I realized along my journey, although to me it was just they just didn't talk about it, but they were just as unhappy as I was. They just didn't want to talk about it. 
and that's when I started to question everything really. Sure. Um, that how many people are really happy, you know, what, you know, Gallup talks about engagement and lots of other people do, but I think it's worse off than the numbers show because a lot of people just aren't talking about it. Right. Well, one thing that led me to your organization, Ignite, was I had seen a, a claim that uh, up to 95% of people were in the wrong roles. And I, I guess that would all relate to the idea of being unhappy and disengaged. How, how, right. do, how do you get to that number? I mean, that's obviously just a huge figure. How do you get there? Where do you, where do you get that number from? Sure. Great question. Well, n- number one, I, I've changed that number. I think it's now 98%. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> so it's even higher, actually. Well, it started with me asking other people that those two questions. Okay. Number one, you know, if money was an issue, what would you do? So if nearly everyone says they'd be rather be doing something else, that so it's somewhat anecdotal, but that would tell you something, right? Mm-hmm. If everyone sure. would rather be doing something else, <laughs> they're really where they should be. Number two, if they can't ask you know, answer what makes you great, well then. So, so first of all, you have to kind of back up and say, what is, when I say they're in the wrong role, you got to ask, well, how do I define the right role? Sure. So I define the right role really kind of where you're born to be, where you're going to have, where you're going to make the greatest impact. Where are you great? Really? What are you kind of born to do? And the fact is that the vast majority, and it's, I've been measuring this now for 15 years, you know, people don't know themselves very well. They don't know what makes them great. So, for example, if I asked you, what is your top natural talent? What are you most talented at more than anything else? And I use Michael Jordan as a, as a, as a common example. Is he better at basketball or baseball? Hmm. Although he loved baseball, he was mm-hmm. far better at basketball. But then you say, well, what made him better at basketball? So you have to look at his strengths. And people use strengths, finders, other things. But strengths are enough information to tell me what position I should play. But we look at Jordan and we'll say, oh, well, one of his strengths are he, was, he had the ability to elevate or get air. That's why he was called Air Jordan. Well, it's not really a strength that would parlay really well into baseball. <laughs> I really need to get air. Well, maybe in the outfield a little bit, but it's, it's not a common thing. So a lot of people don't know things like that about themselves. And that's what I did. So when I hit that wall myself, I wanted to figure out those kinds of things. And what I found along my journey is I was figuring out for myself, and I did figure it out for myself in that first year. I figured out where I could have the greatest success. Um, I realized how few people, friends, family, colleagues, very few people knew much about themselves. You know, a lot of people had done Myers-Briggs or StrengthsFinders, but they really didn't know how to use that information and what it all meant. And I didn't either at first. It wasn't in really until I put it all kind of on a matrix myself, and it told me a different story when I kind of tied the information together. And that's when I started to see something a little different, and I realized that great coaches had figured this out a long time ago. When they look at an athlete, and let's use Peyton Manning since he's in the news, you know, Peyton Manning, you can't just say he's a great quarterback because you can look at Marino or Favre or other quarterbacks and say, well, and people are always trying to compare them. They're different. You can say that they're all quarterbacks, but what made them great quarterbacks? Right. It, you know, it's, for example, you know, Peyton's got a great sense of the field, and, and, and you know, it's just he's got different strengths, right? He sees that the Favre had a great arm. That was his strength, right? Um, so each of them have this, their different strengths, but it's, it's more than that. So there's a lot of things that make us unique, 
And people don't know that. People don't know what makes them unique and what really makes them great, what makes them a standout. And that's what I had to figure out for myself. And that's really what Ignite is all about, is we use science, but we reverse engineer to figure out what are all your great attributes. And then we really look at the unique collective combination of those attributes. Oh, based on all of that, this is really the best position for you. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we do very different that coaches figured out a long time ago with great athletes. You could be a great football player, but where do I put you on the field right. is based on the number of attributes. Because, you know, they'll often take people coming up from college who played one position, but say, no, 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 no. Yeah, you might have played that position in college, but you know what? You know where you're going to do a lot better. You do a lot better in this position. Sure. And and coaches and growing up as an athlete myself, I realized that kind of you know much later in life that but in business we don't look at the attributes of the individual. When we use science like DISC or Myers Briggs or Strengths Finders, they use those, but oftentimes it's just to how do we communicate better? How do we understand? But they don't look at it from a position standpoint to understand all that data. And that's when I looked at sports and said, wait a minute, those guys figured that out a long time ago. Um, and that's what we should be doing is, is looking at a career really more from a position standpoint based on all of my attributes versus what we do in business is try and move people up the ladder. We move them out of position. Do you think Peyton Manning wants to play a different position? You think he's worried about moving up the ladder? Yeah, I don't think that would no. work out very well for him. <laughs> yeah, no, he's perfect right where he is. You right. Look at any, you know, you look at a baseball player, and I use sports as, but also you can look at the arts does the same thing. You know, if, if I'm uh, a guitar player, I don't look at necessarily moving up the ranks to be the manager, mm-hmm. right? It just, it, they just don't do that. They know where their craft is. They know what makes them great. They know where they're a standout, and they just, they continue to improve on that position, but that is not just in moving up. So they use their talent and they know what makes them great. We need to do that in business as well. Understand what makes people great and help them find the best position for that greatness. Well, and that's the interesting part of it is in theory, the idea is that's what you go to college for. You figure out what you enjoy, what you're great at. So why is that part of our system as it's currently set up? Why is that failing? Well, that's a big part of it because I'm not sure where it changed. And I've been trying to find that trigger or that that change. But that's not what college should be. It's never it was never intended for that. College was intended for additional education. Okay. But somewhere along the way, we change that to be, but, but you need to align that with a career. And, and that's the mistake. There's a huge difference between education, but I think a lot of people say, well, if I'm investing in this, at mm. some point they said, we're going to invest all this money, you better get the right job <laughs> right. after that. So, you know, but years ago, people would get a literature, right, or would get uh, – our history degrees and, and be fine with that, mm-hmm. right? Because it's about education and knowledge, which is great, but somewhere we made that change. And the fact is, our whole education system is about making us well-rounded. Well, that's not what we want. We want all-stars. Of course, if they make me well-rounded, right, and I'm like a lot of other people, I can't stand out. Sure. So the only thing, so what happens is the only way we stand out is get better grades, right, and beat other people out and come from a better school. Hmm. 
so that's the only way we're measuring right now the difference between people is better grades and a better school, so better pedigree. But that's not what makes us different. And that's, the pro- that's one of the big problems with our education system. Um, and it, it, to me, I, I'm going to spend two hours on the education system. What's wrong? <laughs> but to me, it should be re- the reverse of that. It's, it's, we need to figure out what makes people great. One of the things we haven't touched on before we pick a college, before even in high school, what we should be figuring out is what pe- makes people most curious. Because that's really what I found all the greats, and that's how they leave their mark on the world, is where they're most passionately curious. Instead of, in, you know, the industrial <laughs> machine, right. uh, which is industry driving our choices, and changing education to drive industry choices. Because right now what everyone talks about is the skills gap, and that's what they've been talking about for years. We have to train people for the jobs of the future. We have to train people because there's a skills gap. We've got to get them ready. But really what we're saying is the current people that are driving industry are going to drive our career choices. Well, that's not right, hmm. is it? Because who says GM? Who says Google? Who says Microsoft should be the companies of the future? Right. Why are they dictating my career choices? But that's what happens in our marketplace right now is they, they tell the media, here's where the jobs are going to be. And they tell our, our leaders in government, here's where the jobs, here's where we believe. Well, that means you, you want to kind of control and you're telling us where the market's going to be. But what if you're wrong? What if Microsoft, you're wrong? Well, we can see they've stumbled, right? Every market stumbles. We'll, we'll know what Apple does here in a number of years. <laughs> but that shouldn't dictate. What we should look for is, where kids in STEM is a big problem too. We're pushing kids into science, technology, engineering, and math. Sure. Well, how about let's find out if that's where my mind goes? Because mm-hmm. the fact is, if my mind goes to art history, if that's what I'm most fascinated by, what I'm most curious about, the fact is, we do need people doing that. Right. Don't we want people in art? But if my mind goes to science, then let it go to science. But what part of science? Don't push me in an area. Let me figure out where it goes and then immerse me in that versus here's where the jobs are. Right. So you should go get educated there. It's funny you say that, though, because I do feel a lot of people have that when you start to get pushed in a certain direction, there's that almost an instinctual you know, pushback. I don't want to do that. Or if I'm going to go in this area, I'm just I'm not going to put myself fully into it. And does that is that what's happening in the workplace as well is that you're you sort of get directed into this area you might not want to be in. And that's when it leads to this idea of disengagement and being unhappy. And and I guess, how does that all affect the business side of things and and the bottom line? Well, it's huge. The numbers are staggering how that affects the bottom line. But that's what engagement, so funny, everyone's talking about engagement, but we're still trying to manufacture engagement with our, you know, casual Fridays and all these things. And people are trying to figure it out. What we don't realize is the underlying structure that's wrong that we've been pushing people into careers, so we're trying to manufacture engagement. Mm -hmm. It it starts with the school system. Think about this for a minute, that when we're little kids, everyone has this childlike sense of wonder. It's innate in all of us, a sense of wonder. But what happens is what we wonder about, by the time we get in, there's plenty of studies, and Sir Ken Robinson does a great job talking about this, but by the time we're about eight, is school starts telling us, well, Tommy, stop asking those questions. We know you want to answer those. We know you wonder about those things. But you know what? You need to wonder more about this. Hmm. 
and they teach us these four or five subjects, not only do they try and just force us to learn these four or five subjects that they think is most important, but then they tell us not only that, but to be successful, you have to get great grades. And then they put pressure on us. So this childlike sense of wonder that we had for most kids turns into worry. Each year we get more and more pressure and stress on us and the jobs and boyfriends and girlfriends and more and more stress. That, that amazing sense of wonder turns into worry for the vast majority of society. They spend most of their life worrying instead of wondering, which is an amazing gift we're given. Yeah. So most people then worry, well, I just I need a job. I need to put a roof over my head. So they just go get a job that does that. And a lot of people end up with that lot in life. What we need to do is flip it on side because who says, for example, here growing up in the U.S. as an example, although, you know, you might be a fan of the Civil War, why is learning that more important than learning human behavior, let's say, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. and understanding how to talk to people? But how about let's flip it on its head and understand. Now, we need basics. We need basic math. We need basic things. I agree with that. But instead of that being the focus, those standard core being the focus, the focus should be what I'm most curious about. Let's immerse children in that and at the same time give them some basic things that they truly need. Because I don't think every child necessarily needs all the history classes we try and give them. Sure. Or some of the math classes. You know, why is the Common Core standards necessarily have geog- or um, I'm sorry, geometry in there or algebra? Does every kid need that? I don't think so. So immerse me, just like we immerse kids in other classes or other things. We immerse them in sports. We immerse them in other things. Immerse them where they're most curious because that's actually the greatest gift we were given because that's how we learn. That's how we learn and grow as an individual. It's how we learn and grow as a species. It's how we advance our species is through a sense of wonder. And we chase it and we learn and we grow and we chase it, we learn and we grow. And that's how all the greats did it. They chased what they were most passionately curious about. And unfortunately, we have a huge percentage of society that isn't engaged because they're not curious. They don't naturally wonder in a childlike way. They don't, they're not allowed, they're not given the time to really enjoy that sense of wonder. It's mostly stress and worry and just working hard. And uh, to me, that's why we have a disengaged workforce. Imagine if you could flip that on its head and everyone couldn't wait to get to work because they just they wanted to solve these problems. They were just fascinated by it. They just couldn't get enough of it, you know, on weekends and nights. And, and that's the work I do. I don't have the sense of a work-life balance. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing to me because this is all I think about. Uh, that's a little unfair. It's not all I think about, but I can't turn it. <laughs> I can't turn it off though. Sure. So if it comes up, if I see somebody at a restaurant, for example, I can tell the difference between a waiter or waitress that really truly loves what they're doing and is talented at it. It's really their gift and somebody that's not. And we've all seen it, right? Oh yeah. But another part of society is what we do when we see somebody like that in our culture. What we do is, God, we really want to be a waitress your whole life. God, you got, you know, you got to want something more than that. Hmm. What happens is we take this person that might have a gift for serving others and being amazing at it, and then we push her him to another job because of our uh, idea of what a great job is. We push him out of that. They go get a miserable job maybe they're not happy with, maybe to make a little bit more money. And then what do we end up with? We end up now with a lousy waitress. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a fascinating perspective. I mean, just everything you've taken us through from the idea of having that 
initial curiosity as kids and and how it um, unfortunately transforms in this idea of worry and uh, you know, it could be a status thing you bring up with the waitress. Why would you want to do that kind of thing? Um, it, it definitely, it makes sense on a lot of levels what you're talking about. We're getting pretty low on time. But I just want to give you sort of one last opportunity to um, just give the listeners an idea of what exactly, how you help individuals in this way at Ignite and, and maybe how people can, if they're interested in finding that passion and, and figuring out what would work best for them, uh, what steps they would take. Sure. So, so number one, it starts with figuring out where people are really most talented. So kind of from a position standpoint. So I'll simplify it. And what I figured out for myself many years ago is, so um, I figured out that really teaching what I, is what I was best at. But for many years, I was teaching uh, internet security. As a matter of fact, I traveled around the world during the dot-com okay. days and stuff. And I was teaching teaching internet security. Actually, what's going on with the, the NSA right now? <laughs> I was teaching that about 15 years ago. And I was wildly successful. I was making six figures, flying around the world, only working about 20 hours a week. Very successful. But what I realized is after about five years of that, that's when it all hit me about 10 years ago when I fly back from Sydney, Australia, and I asked myself that question again. You know, if money wasn't an issue, what would you do? And I said, I'd be teaching, um, and I'd be flying around the world. I'd be teaching theory. But it hit me. I said, but would I be teaching technology? It only took me a second to say mm. no. So I shortened it up. But basically what, I, what we do is figure out what makes you great, but then help you direct that talent to where you're going to make the greatest impact, really where you're going to enjoy your work. So for me, it was curiosity that I realized it was something my most passionate curiosity, where I was most curious, I would chase that to the ends of the earth. It was something I could put my life's work around is where I was most curious, where my mind wanted to go. So if we can help people put their talent to work on where they're most curious, they will be engaged for the rest of their life. It will be their life's work. So that's the two things we help them figure out is where really your talent is, where, what really position you should play, but then what should you put that to work on? It's where you're most passionately curious. The sad thing is most of us don't know what our mm. talent is. and We have no idea what we're most passionately curious about because it's been covered up by worry over the years and society telling us what we should wonder about and uh, what we should work on. And it's someone else's ideas versus our own ideas. So those are the two key things that we help people figure out really what we believe is where they're born be because I have a particular talent and I have a particular curiosity that is unique. And uh, so that's what we help people figure out. Well, Tom, we definitely do appreciate your, uh, I said, your very unique perspective. I think it's something people do struggle with, whether it's uh, in the broad scope and some of the things you've been talking about or even in their day-to-day position. So I definitely think this will be a, an appropriate show for a lot of our listeners. So uh, thanks again for coming on and maybe we'll talk again down the road. Great. Thanks, Tim. And with that, we'll wrap up this edition of Job Search Guide here on LJN Radio. That was our guest, Tom McDermott, Chief Ignition Officer and a founder of Ignite. To learn more about what they do, you can head over to ignite.com. Of course, we always love to hear from you, the listeners, as well. Please send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or suggestions for any of our podcasts here on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.